we had talked a little bit about this uh, on a Wednesday night, uh, but uh, I just uh, thought it'd be good to read this uh, this morning. Uh, it says here in Isaiah 43, verse 25, it says, I, even I am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for mine own sake and will not remember thy sins. Uh, and, uh, of course, we like this verse because it says he blots out our transgressions, and, and that's good, right? That means he gets rid of them, uh, and, uh, and he will not remember our sins. But the thing that, that I really like about this verse is what is the motivation for the Lord doing this? He says, I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for mine own sake, for his sake. He didn't say for our sake, for my sake. You know, you know does it, is there any value to you to have your sins blotted out? Well, sure, there's a lot of value, right? Because otherwise you're responsible for paying for your own sins. So there's a great value in us having our sins blotted out. But the Lord said, I'm doing it for my sake. I'm doing it to benefit me. Uh, and, you, and you, you know, you just have to noodle on that for a while. Well, that's really interesting. Why, why does he want, what value is it to the Lord to remove our sins? Well, if you think about what, what's the, what happens if uh, he doesn't do that, if we remain in our sins, what happens uh, to our relationship? He is, we're separated, right? And he's unable to bless us, amen? He's unable to give us the things that he desires to give to us. What's the very first thing he did to Adam and Eve? He blessed him, right? Uh, it was the very first thing that he did for Adam and Eve. Uh, more than before he told them what to do, before he told them to go and uh, subdue the world and, and uh, be fruitful, multiply, he blessed them. Uh, and the Lord's desire to mankind is always to bless us. And yet sometimes our sin, the infractions that we commit against the uh, plan and will of God, hinders his ability to do that. And so, uh, and yet he still wants to do that, but he's unable to do it because of our choices, Amen. Uh, and so if, if uh, he is able to blot out our sins, then uh, he is able to bless us again. Uh, and so uh, he wants to do that. He, he desires to bless you. And he said, I'm doing this for my sake. I'm doing this so I have the ability to bless you fully as much as I want to. Uh, and, uh, and so let him blot out your sins. Amen. Uh, if we could just tell the world, you know, most of the time we're always telling the world, if you don't uh, get your sins forgiven, you're going to die and go to hell. You know, that's not much of a sales pitch, right? Uh, if you can give him a better sales pitch to, hey, if you get rid of your sins, the Lord's able to bless you. He wants to bless you. In fact, that's why he's doing this. So for his sake, uh, and, you know, you could tell somebody, uh, you know, God's not going to forgive your sins for your sake. You know, that'd be a good, uh, a good uh, way to start a conversation, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah. Do you know that God is uh, forgiving you of your sins for his sake? Uh, that'd make people really wonder what the answer to that question is, right? Why would he want to do that? So I think that's a pretty good uh, that's a pretty good verse, right? And and you really you really need to spend some time meditating on this verse, thinking about this verse. Lord, you're doing this for my sake. You're doing it not for my sake. You're doing this for your sake. You're doing this because you want to have the freedom to bless me, and that my sins constrain your ability to do that. Uh, and so, uh, so you go back and read that that He wants to blot out our transgressions for mine own sake, and will not remember thy sins. Uh, and this is old covenant, right? This is his desire from the foundation of the world that he's always wanted to do that. Of course, it was completed in the work of the Lord Jesus on the cross. Uh, and so we're thankful for the Lord's kindness. Amen. That's a pretty good, I think that's a pretty good deal right there. Amen. Uh, and so praise God. Well, let's stand and greet us other for just a minute, and then we'll get into praise and worship. Thank you, Father. Father, you're worthy of all praise and honor adoration father from us we choose to worship you father because you are the great king of the earth father you've given us more than 
we could ever ask for. Father, you've gone beyond our measure, beyond any measure to bless us, to increase us, Father, to secure our place in heaven with you. In fact, Father, you gave your own, very own son, knowing the punishment that he would have to endure, the shame, Father, that he, he would have to endure. And yet, Father, you were willing to do it, glad to do it, Father, if it would give the people of the earth an opportunity to be with you in heaven. You are willing to do it. And so you did do it, Father. You sent your very Son, the Lord Jesus, into the earth. You allowed him, Father, to suffer the pain and anguish and shame of the cross, knowing that if he was willing to do that, that mankind could then receive the forgiveness for their sins and spend eternity with you. Father, that, that level of love and kindness it is it's just impossible to fully comprehend to grasp the, the greatness and the bigness of that love. Father, that you'd love us that much. People, Father, that even before you sent your son would lift their hands in anger and rage at you and say all manner of evil against you. And yet you sent your son to those very people, Father. Father, that's so hard for us to understand as, as created beings. And, that, that, and yet that's what makes you God. We thank you, Father, for that love. We thank you, Father, for the love that you've extended towards us. And so, Father, we choose to accept your love that you've sent on our behalf. We choose to send, to receive the love of the Lord Jesus, of him choosing to die on our behalf. We, we accept and receive that love, Father. And so, Father, we thank you that you first loved us. And so we will spend all eternity trying to catch up to tell you, Father, that we love you, to show you by our words and our actions, Father, that we love you. And, Father, we do. We love you with all that's within us, Father. You, get, you shed your love. You shed your love, Father, in our hearts. And, Father, that gives us even greater capacity to love you. So, Father, we thank you for the grace and the mercy that, that you've extended to us and that you've extended to the world. And, Lord, we will tell the world that good news, that blood was shed on their behalf that love was extended in their direction. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, we pray for Miss Deborah, Father, for the healing of her body. Father, we speak life and health in the name of Jesus to her physical body. We command healing to come in Jesus' name. Father, we command wellness to come in Jesus' name. And Father, I thank you that the life of God that lives in her, the Zoe life of God, will rise up and dispel that sickness and disease, Father, that's trying to control her life. We speak life to her body in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Yes, Father. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for complete and total recovery. Thank you, Father. If there's anyone here in the church that's dealing with sickness or disease, if you'd like us to pray for you, we'll be glad to do that. The Lord is still our healer. Amen. Amen. We thank the Lord for His healing power. So if you're dealing with any sickness or disease, or even pains and of any kind in your physical body, the Lord is always present to heal. If He is here, and He is because He lives on the inside of all of us, then He's always present to heal. Thank you, Father. If you'd like hands laid upon you, we'll, we'll pray for you today in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your healing power, Father. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father. That spirit of healing, Father, that resides in all of us. In the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you. In the name of Jesus. For your healing power. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Father, I thank you. That the spirit of the living God that resides in me, Father, flows into this physical body to affect the healing and the cure. In the name of Jesus. Jesus. Thank you, Father. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you for your goodness and mercy that you've extended towards us. And Father, we give you all praise and honor for these things. We thank you for the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the things that uh, Dr. Lillian B. Yeoman talked about in her book on the healing power of God was that uh, all sickness is death begun. You think about it in that regards, you know, it it's, uh, doesn't matter if it's a small germ. You know, people that, are, uh, that have their immunity systems compromised, they can't even get around a simple germ. You know, that germ would, would uh, replicate and uh, overwhelm their physical body and they would die just from a simple germ that, that you probably uh, don't even know about, you deal with every single day. Uh, and every germ, uh, without any constraints, would, would uh, try to kill you, amen? And so we're thankful for um, the healing power of God and all the goodness that he's, that he's uh, shown towards us, amen? Let's open up our Bibles to the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 6. We'll continue there today. We finished up talking about uh, the Lord's Prayer. And, and um, if you remember, we, we said that it started with praise, uh, hallowed be thy name. Uh, and it ended with praise, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Or um, uh, He said, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. So it's, it's a good habit to start uh, any prayers with worshiping the Lord. It's a good habit to <clears throat> end any prayers with worshiping the Lord. Amen. Um, uh, for one thing, it's, it helps you to uh, make sure that you're in a place of faith. Because a lot of times our prayers are not motivated by faith or the desire to obtain something. Our, oftentimes our prayers are motivated by fear. Uh, and we're so, we're so anxious, so worried when we begin to pray that we immediately go into, Lord, you've got to do this, or you know, the world's going to come to an end, or I'm not going to make it. And uh, instead of relaxing and knowing, well, the Lord said he would deliver us from uh, every affliction, amen. If, he, if he's going to deliver you from every affliction, then... Spend a little time and telling him how good he is, amen? Uh, without being under the pressure to feel like you've got to say something first, just in case, amen? And so the Lord desires the people of God to live a life of faith. Uh, and um, uh, in fact, you know, I'll just tell off on myself, you know, one time the Lord was kind of fussing at me and uh, talking about faith. And uh, he said, he said, you know, of course, his word says that the just shall live by faith. He said, you know, you don't live by faith, which, you know, I mean, that's kind of a harsh thing to tell somebody, you know, you don't live by faith, because that's all I've ever wanted to do is live by faith. He, he said, really, what you're doing is you're having like events of faith, like something big happens, you believe me, that overcomes, and then from that point to the next event, you're just on your own. You take care of things by yourself. You do things without my assistance. You do things without my awareness, or you just do, you know, because we're human beings. We can get up out of bed and, and make it to the breakfast table and uh, you know, make it to the car. You know, a lot of things we can do on our own. And yet uh, we get such in a habit of doing things on our own that that's kind of our life. We live our lives on our own. We do things on our own. We do things in our strength and our ability and, and talents and, uh, and education and experience or whatever it is. And, but if something big happens and we take that to the Lord, well, that's not living by faith. That's, you know, he, he's the emergency cord. You know, we, uh, in a, you know break glass in, in case of emergency, right? We go to the <laughs> fire alarm and only in the case of emergency do we break the glass. Well, that's not the life he wants us to live. He's not for an emergency only kind of God. He wants us to live by faith Amen. every day. 
uh, every action, every, every moment of our life. He desires for us to live by faith, amen? Uh, and so uh, if you do that, you become more aware of the Lord and you're less fearful about these things that happen. You're not so uptight when something bad happens. Oh no, what are we going to do? Same thing we were going to do yesterday. Uh, you know, when my pastor, he passed away in, um, in 2007. We'd been with him for many years, and about 20 years or so. And he taught us faith. He taught us live by faith. He taught us the just shall live by faith. And so we should live by faith in all that we do. And so, of course, he passed, which is a terrible thing. You know, uh, uh, it's, uh, we were close to him. We loved him. Jerry was there, you know. He was a rascal about a lot of things, but we still loved him. You know, you, you, you know any perfect people? I don't know anybody that's perfect except for my wife. Besides that, you know, everybody's downhill from there. Uh, and so, uh, but uh, he, we still was a dear friend of, of mine. I consider him a dear friend. Look forward to seeing him again someday. Uh, but, you know, when he passed, there was, of course, the sorrow and the sadness of him passing and, and the missed opportunities and the regrets of not being able to see him again for many years until we all joined together in heaven. Uh, you know, there's that. That's normal part. But uh, uh, so many of the folks that we went to church with started wringing their hands. What are we going to do? If he could make it, we can't make it. Uh, how are we going to make it without him? And I just thought that was the oddest thing because, you know, he didn't die for anybody. He didn't shed any blood for anybody. Uh, he, he's not deity. We don't worship him. And yet they, they felt lost without him. They felt like they couldn't make it without him. And so they just started, you know, being nervous and wringing their hands. What do you want to do? How are we going to make it? We're going to do everything he told us to do. We're going to live by faith. Amen. Uh, and yet a lot of times in, in our Christian walk, you know, everything's great until something happens and then we completely fall apart. So what happened to faith? Five seconds ago, you're, yeah, well, yeah, I live by faith until something bad happens, and then we all get into worry, amen? Uh, and so that's not how he wants us to live. You know, you can live by faith when everything is fine. You can live by faith when everything is, is a disaster because faith's the only thing that's going to change that disaster into something that, that you can live with, amen, to, get, to uh, overcome it, to take care of it. You know, faith, uh, one of the primary purposes of faith is to cause your natural circumstances to line up with the will and plan of God. If they're not in the, in, the, in the will and plan of God, faith will cause those things to change until they get lined up with the perfect will of God. And that's what you apply faith for. Well, that can be done every day, amen? And you know, you don't, you don't have to look in your life and determine that, that I, I only use faith uh, if it's a big thing. Well, that's not living by faith. That, that's uh, having an, an occasion of faith. He wants us to live by faith. And all that we do, and everywhere we go, uh, every, you know, every time we sling a hammer, every time we, you know, eat a bite of food, we can live by faith. Amen. Uh, and, and that's his desire. And so um, if you can do that, see, then you're not so much under pressure. You have the ability to worship the Lord before you need, need to ask him for something. You know, you, you need to ask him for something. He knows that uh, you need to ask him for something. And so a person of faith can spend some time and just tell him, you know, hallowed be thy name. Uh, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, uh, and thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. You know, I can do that prior to me asking him things. Nothing wrong with asking him for things at all. Uh, in fact, even Jesus in John 17 asked him for things regarding his life. And so, so it's just good form. It, it helps you to see where you are in faith. A lot of times people pray, and, and there's a desperation of prayer because they're so fearful that if I don't pray right now, I'm not going to make it. Uh, and so they're motivated not by the faith of the Word of God, they're motivated by fear that, God, you have to do something right now. 
Uh, and and uh, in fact, uh, uh, one minister she was talking about, uh, she had uh, someone on her staff, and every time they got in the car, uh, the, the staff member, would she would drive, and, and so she'd grip the steering wheel. In the name of Jesus, I bind every devil you know, that, that's going to come against this car and cause me to crash and die. I, I bind you in Jesus' name. You're not going to have anything to do with this vehicle on this trip. Well, it was that, but it was fear. It was motivated. She was afraid to get behind the wheel of a car because, you know, some devil's going to attack her and she's going to die. And, and so, uh, you know, the minister was like, I'm not sure I want to ride with you, you know, because your, your prayer, your prayers is in fear. It's not in faith. It's in fear that something bad's going to happen. And, you know, Shundai, Shundai, we've got to speak in tongues a little bit and make sure that nothing, nothing bad happens. And, uh, and um, uh, you know, uh, we, we can be led by the Spirit of God. If the Spirit of God gives you an unction that, hey, you need to pray because something's going to happen, because can you say he would lead us and guide us in all truth and show us things to come? Well, sometimes the way he shows us things to come is, hey, you need to pray because something bad's going to happen. Well, that's fine. Amen? But, but if you don't have any unction, why are you afraid that if you get behind the wheel, didn't he say that he'd give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways, lest you dash your foot against a stone? Didn't he say it? Uh, in fact, I was, I was working the other day, and I'd put this board up on this wall, and yeah, and then I, then I said, well, I need to get something. So I stepped away. Well, that board decided to fall down and hit me in the head. It's just a small board. You know, it wasn't a big thing. You know, it wasn't like a two by ten or anything like that. You know, uh, but it's just uh, and uh, and I fussed at it. How dare you do that? I'm a child of God. You don't have any right to hit me on the head. Uh, and, and that's the way I think. You know, this world is here uh, for, for, to benefit me. Uh, and if it if it doesn't want to line up, then it needs to straighten up. Uh, and, uh, I, you know, I'm sure my neighbor, if he was out there, he'd be like, what is wrong with that fella out there speaking to that board, you know? But that's just the way I think, you know? How dare you? I'm a child of God. Uh, and uh, you have no right and privilege to, to harm me. Uh, and so I'm going to live by faith, amen? And, uh, and it straightened up. It didn't do that anymore that day, right? And so, um, so see, it worked. And so... <laughs> It's, uh, um, uh, you know, we can live by faith, amen? Uh, and so here we are, uh, finish, uh, we have finished up with uh, the Lord's Prayer. And then, of course, Jesus, if, if you remember, we talked about this uh, uh, in other places, but I, I think it'd be good to just repeat this here. Let's start in verse 14 of uh, Matthew chapter 6. He says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Verse 15 says, But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And so, of course, we talked about that in the context of the prayer uh, about uh, verse 12 there, forgive us our debts as we give our debtors, and how things have changed now that uh, we don't earn our forgiveness, right? We don't earn our forgiveness. Uh, and so some of these things have changed in the New Testament because in Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verse 32, that, that says that uh, the Lord has forgiven us for, our, uh, for, for, the sake, for Jesus' sake. Amen? And so our forgiveness now is not tied into us earning it. Our forgiveness is tied into what Jesus has done. Uh, and so, uh, and, and you have to really think about this and get this settled in your heart about how things operate now under the New Testament. Because if you don't get this, you're, you're always on, on this kind of this, this rat race of trying to earn your favor with God. If I could just be good for an hour, another hour or two, you know, God will give me something. And if I can just go for like a whole day, and not kick the dog or something, you know, then God will give me something. Uh, and people pray all the time, Lord, I've been good. You've you got to give me these things. Well, that assumes that we're putting God in our debt, that God now owes me something for being good. 
But see, we live in the New Testament. Has Jesus gone to the cross? Uh, he, has he shed blood? Does he say that, that we, have been, we have been given all things that pertain unto life and godliness? That we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus? Uh, are these things not so? If they're so, then, then what do we need that has not already been given to us? There's nothing that we need that has not already been given to us. Don't, are, are we children of God? Heirs of God? Joint heirs with Jesus? Uh, if we're heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus, that means we're heirs, that means we have an inheritance. And, well, an inheritance occurs when somebody dies. Well, I mean, you know, who died? Jesus died, so that means we get the inheritance. Amen? You know, a lot of times people, uh, 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 how are you feeling? You know, uh, I get an inheritance when you die. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling great. No, I'm sorry. You know, I mean, you know, you're kind of hoping that they may expire, right? And, and of course, that's, uh, you know, I'd much rather have the people than their things, amen? Uh, and my observation, when people die, other people get crazy. You ever seen how, how crazy people get when there's, when there's stuff available because somebody died? I mean, I've seen it so many times. People just lose their mind over, you know, just things, right? Just stuff that's just that's going to burn up anyway, right? Uh, and they get so, they get so covetous. When people die, I'd much rather have the person than their things, amen? Uh, and so, uh, but, um, so uh, it, it, we, uh, the mentality is we've already been given, given everything from the Lord. So we don't, we don't have to earn it. It's already been given to us. So really, the, the mentality we need to live in is I live at 100%. And as long as I stay in, uh, in the plan and will of God, I live at 100%. I'm not at zero trying to earn my way up there. I'm at 100% already because Jesus went to the cross. I didn't earn anything, amen? Did you earn it? I didn't, you didn't earn it. I didn't earn it. Jesus gave it to us. Uh, and what happens when we step out of the will of God, then, that's, that, then the Lord is unable to bless us. Remember what we read in, all the way back in Isaiah, the Old Testament, right? That he, that he has blotted our, our transgressions for his sake. So that uh, when we commit a sin, our sin now is a constraint on him being able to bless us. See, the mentality of the Christian life oftentimes is, is, is we commit a sin and then something happens, right? The Lord's not able to bless us in healing or wisdom or safety or whatever the thing happens. And we think, well, God's punishing me. That's the wrong mentality. God is not punishing you when you commit a sin. You have constrained God's ability to bless you when you commit a sin. His desire is to bless you, and the only issue is on you. It's not like you now, now that God is punishing you now, you've got to somehow get God to like you again, and you've got to earn His favor back. No, you, you, you've never lost His favor. You have just constrained His ability to bless you. Uh, and that's why He wants to forgive you for His sake, so that He has the ability to continue to bless you. So if you'll change your mentality, because a lot of times when, when, when Christians sin, and there's something bad happens, they get resentful to the Lord. Well, you know, you're just punishing me. You know, uh, the, the, the Lord, you know, put the sickness and disease on me because I'm not living for him. They get resentful to the Lord. And, and, and it's so, it's so uh, unself-aware of you shot yourself in the foot. The Lord's not punishing you. You, you stepped away from him. Amen? You know, the word sin uh, means missing the mark. It doesn't mean adultery or fornication, it means missing the mark. It means getting out of his will. And, and he's told us in Ephesians 4.27, neither give place to the devil. So that means you have a choice. You can give place to the devil or you cannot give place to the devil. 
Well, you just can't help what the devil does. He literally said uh, that you have the option to not give place to the devil. That word place there, one of the definitions is license, where you give license to the devil to operate in your life. You don't do this. That means you have the capacity to not do it. That means you have the capacity to do it. You can choose to give place to him. Here, devil, please come into my life. Or here, devil, you know, you can't come into my life. That's your choice. It's not, the Lord's not punishing you when you commit a sin. You have given license to the devil by you choosing to, to not live in the will and plan of God. Uh, and, and it's the same mentality if you go back to like Deuteronomy 28. I was reading it one time in Deuteronomy 28. You know, the first half of the chapter is talking about all the blessings that come with the Lord. And then the last half, actually it's more than half, talks about all the curses that will come if you don't do what the Lord said. And most people say, see, it's all about punishment. And the Lord would just reveal to me one time, he said, you're missing, you're, you're missing the understanding of that. He said, I wasn't threatening you. If you sin, I'm going to beat you up with, with boils and sickness and disease and all these things. He said, I was warning you. To, if you sin, you get on the devil's territory, and now he has a right to put all these money. It's not, you're missing the whole mentality. It's not a threat. It's a warning. Don't do this. It will harm you if you do this. Uh, and so just like, you know, you get, you get a, a bottle of, of anything at home, says don't drink this, right? I mean, you shouldn't have to put on a bottle of acid, don't drink this, right? right. But, you know, because lawyers exist, that, then you got to put things like that. You know, you see these, these the most absurd things. You know, you get a, a, like a car battery, don't drink the acid, right? You ever seen a car, yeah. don't drink? So, well, who's going to, you know, I would have done it if they hadn't put that sticker on there. I mean, I was just about to pop that thing off there and drink, I, you know. But I saw the sticker, and, and, and it helped. I, I didn't do it, right? Now, now what, if you, what, what if you did do that, right? What if you were one of the guys, that, you know, what's the last thing that, that, uh, that, uh, uh, that Bubba says, right, that the redneck says? He says, watch this, right? He also says, hold my beer, right? But, you know, we're in church, so we can't say that. But the last thing they say is, is watch this, right? And then that's, then that's the last thing they say, right? They expire after that uh, because they do something that is dumb. And so, uh, but, but what if you did that? And you drank that battery acid, and you would, you would die, right? I mean, you wouldn't make it. You would, you would die. And you go, that battery is punishing me. No, it was a warning to not be stupid. And the Lord is warning us all the time, don't be stupid. And we have this, such a strained relationship with the Lord. We shouldn't have a strained relationship with the Lord. The, the, the happiest you'll be, the most fulfilled you'll ever be in your life is fully walking in the plan and will of God. If he says, hey, uh, stop doing this. Well, Lord, I, I really want to do that. He goes, yeah, but you'll be happier if you don't. Well, there's no way. There's a way. If he says don't do that, then you'll be happier if you don't do that. Right. And that now, it, and I say that, that's with the understanding that your flesh doesn't run your life. Now, if you're a Christian, your flesh runs your life. You just do whatever your flesh wants to do all the time. You know, you'll be resentful when you stop doing things. But see, if you, if you desire for your spirit to run your life, you're happier every time the Lord says, hey, you need to stop doing this or start doing that or quit saying this or start saying that. Uh, and you start following that plan, you become a happier person. He said that, uh, that your joy may be full. That your joy may be full. That's, what, that's his desire for you is that your joy is full. That's a pretty good desire, isn't it? People, you know, he just, wanted to, he just wanted to constrain your life. That's not, you're missing the, your, the whole understanding of who God is. He desires for your, for your joy to be full. So th these, these things where Jesus said, you know, the first part about you earning your forgiveness uh, in verse 14, that part's kind of expired now because of Jesus. But verse 15, if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. That's not a threat. 
That's a warning that if you, if you walk in unforgiveness, you are out of the will of God, and he's unable to provide you with the blessings that he desires to provide you. Because as soon as you, as soon as you repent, he'll forgive you. So the, the, the forgiveness is there on his part for you. All you have to do is just do what he says and live at the 100% that God desires for you to live at instead of, instead of thinking, well, it's a threat. Because a lot of times when people read this, they see it as a threat, and then they get in unforgiveness, and then bad things happen. They get resentful to the Lord. Well, he doesn't even know what they did. I'm not forgiving them. He doesn't know what they did. He's like, I'm not, it's not, he's like, I just want you to be blessed. It's not about me punishing you or not punishing you. It's I want you to be blessed. And I'm warning you that if you don't choose to forgive people, that you are on the devil's territory. You're given license to the devil to operate in your life freely because that's the only way he can operate in your life is if you choose to give him license. Amen. As a child of God, he's a defeated foe. He has no right and privilege to operate in your life in any capacity, sickness or disease, harm, anything. He has no right to do that unless you choose to give him that right. Well, I didn't, I didn't give him a license. Well, what have you been saying? Well, I don't know. It just kills me every time he does that, you know. And then, you know, something happens. You go, well, you know, it wasn't my fault. Well, just go back, you know, hit a, pl- you know, when we get to heaven, uh, people are going to say, Lord, uh, why'd you, why'd you do that in my life? Why'd you let that happen in my life? He's going to say, uh, uh, hit play. And he's going to rewind and show you, you know, how you did that. Well, you said this, you know, for the last 20 years. And then he said, I held it back as long as I could by mercy. And then after a while, you kept giving license to the devil. It's like, I can't override your will. I cannot override your will. If you want to give place to the devil, then, then you have a complete and full right to do that. It's stupid, right? There shouldn't be a lawyer tag for that, but, but sometimes there's a lawyer. You know, this is a lawyer tag. You shouldn't have to be told to forgive, and yet he's telling us to forgive. Why? Because there's a warning. This is a warning that, to don't do this. Uh, and so you should be willing to provide forgiveness for people. Has the Lord not forgiven you for everything? Is there not anything you've ever done? Yeah, but it's not nearly as bad as what they did. Oh, aren't you the Pharisee? Aren't you special, right? Remember the Pharisee in Luke chapter 18? The publican and the Pharisee both praying. And the Pharisee says, Lord, I'm not too bad at that guy, right? I'm such a wonderful person. Lord, sometimes I can't even understand myself. This is the chips version of of Luke 18, right? I'm so good, I can't hardly stand it. Uh, and, and, and the funny thing is, I'm not like that guy. That's what he's, I'm not like that guy, right? That's, you ever done that? Well, Lord, I'm not nearly as bad as that guy. Well, so, uh, you know, are, that's not our measurement. Our measurement is the Lord Jesus. Are you as good as him? It's not are you as bad as him. Are you as good as Jesus? See, if, that, if the answer is no, it doesn't matter what the, doesn't matter what you is, right? We always want to outrun the guy next to us uh, being chased by the bear. Well, I just want to outrun him. I don't have to outrun the bear. I just got to run him. Well, that's not, our, that's not your goal. And besides that, you're a terrible person. If you, I'm going to trip them, right? I mean, the, the best thing to do if you're ever being chased by a bear is be with a, be with a woman because women always fall, right? Every time they run, you're, every movie that's ever been, every woman falls. You ever, why is that? It's like they can't run 10 feet and they fall. The men just, you know, they do, do, do but, uh, I don't know, you know, it's not, it's not Bible or anything like that, but uh, uh, is that so? Is that, that I'm just, they always fall, right? Uh, and so I know in real, real world, it's not like that. But in every movie, it's like, you know, just run by the woman because she's going to fall. You, and the bear will eat her and you're fine, right? And so, uh, but, but he said, you've got to forgive. Amen. In fact, uh, let's turn over to uh, where Matthew, turn over to Mark 11. So we, we, like, uh, we like Mark 11 
Because they're great verses, right? Starting in verse 22, Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. Uh, in verse 23, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have what shall he saith. So verse 23 is the authority of the believer. When you're speaking to the mountain, how many, how many prayers are you submitting to the Lord to remove a mountain? In this verse, how many times does it say, Ask the Lord to remove the mountain? There's not, not a single time does he tell you to ask the Lord to remove the mountain. Lord, you've got to remove this mountain. That's not that. He said, I want you to speak to the mountain. Well, I'm not, I can't speak to the mountain. He said for you to speak to the mountain. In fact, he said for you three times to speak to the mountain. Amen? Uh, that's another whole discussion there. But uh, verse 24, then, is the prayer of faith. Therefore, I say unto you, what things serve you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. So we have an order of events, right? We have a desire. We should pray. Uh, third in the list of things to do is then we believe that we receive them. Uh, in, one, in, the original, or the, in the original Greek of that really implies that believe that we have received them. That as soon as we pray, our faith is, well, then I've got it. Well, where is it? Well, I don't know. Uh, I've got it. Well, how do you know you got it? Because it says I've got it. Uh, and so th- then, then you receive them. So your faith should occur that you, uh, you know, when you really are in faith, when you really are believing God for something, the moment that you pray that whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, you believe that you receive them. In that moment, you, it, as far as you're concerned, it's a done deal. Now, it hasn't manifested in this natural realm where you reside, but in the spirit realm, it's a done deal. Uh, and so, you know, if you follow the other guidelines of the Word of God, these things are obviously things that your desire has to be a valid desire, right? can't be an invalid desire that would violate the principles of the Word of God. But uh, there's a lot of desires that are follow within that, that scope, amen? Uh, and so, anything wrong with having a desire and praying and asking the Lord to, to meet that desire? No. Is there any limit on this? Well, as long as, long as it's a small desire. No, there's no limit. What if it's a big desire? Well, it's covered in there, right? As long as it's not an invalid desire that's, that's ungodly or, or against the Word of God. So when you pray, when you're praying, the way you pray is uh, as soon as you pray, it's done. In your heart, it's done. Uh, and uh, if you can live that way, see, that's the way faith operates. Faith uh, is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Well, how do you know that's there? I have evidence in my heart that it's there. That's my, faith is the evidence. My, my faith is I believe it's done. Well, is it there yet? Well, no. Well, why isn't it there yet? I don't know. That's not my job. My job is to do the believing. His job is to do the doing. You know, wherever this comes from, sometimes there's a delay because sometimes the Lord needs somebody to, to bring that into your life. And sometimes people are slow and dumb, right? The Lord says, hey, I need you to go take that to, to so-and-so. They've been praying. Uh, well, Lord, I'm busy. Well, I need, I need you to take it over there to them. And sometimes you say, well, you know, you're, you're not going to do it. I've got to go to plan, plan B. Uh, and so, but as far as you're concerned, as soon as you pray, you believe that you receive them. And then, in that order of events, then you receive it. Amen. Uh, but then he says in verse 25, and when, you pray, pray, and when you stand praying, forgive if you have ought against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. So we know that second part of that is your forgiveness is not dependent on your, your motivation, but... He does say that, that, that uh, uh, in verse 26, uh, but if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive you your trespasses. So this is very similar to, to Matthew chapter 6, right? So we don't earn our forgiveness, but your unforgiveness can be a hindrance to your faith. It can be a hindrance that I want to bless you, 
but, but there's a roadblock on your side. Not on my side, there's a roadblock on your side that you have chosen not to grant forgiveness for this thing in your life. And until you do that, I'm unable to. I'm not punishing you, but I'm unable to send the blessings to you that I desire to send you for my sake. My, my sake, my desire is to bless you. Uh, and if you'll forgive and grant a pardon to somebody, right? That's, and I like that word, pardon, because if you go look up the word forgive, it just means to forgive. Uh, it's like, well, that's not really helpful at all, right? You have to do some studying to understand what forgiveness really means. But forgiveness is, is you as an act of your will, that's the one in charge of your own life, I choose to look at this circumstance, this situation, and to grant a pardon to the person who's done this thing to me in my life. And I pardon them. I give them a, a full and complete pardon that as far as I'm concerned, they didn't do that to me. Now, see, that's what forgiveness is. Amen? Well, I ain't doing that. Well, fine, then you, you miss out on everything, right? I mean, you know, they don't deserve it. Well, do you deserve anything? I mean, you know, uh, uh, if you go down to the donut shop down here, you know, Master Donuts like the best donuts. You know, I think they got drugs in them or something. They're like really good donuts, you know. And I like everything about that, that donut shop except for their boxes because their boxes say, you deserve a donut. And I, I, it's, a hard, it's the hardest thing for me because I deserve nothing, right? I never think I deserve that. I never think that, you know, because it, it's just... Uh, uh, it's just a wrong mentality. I, I'm glad to receive it. If the Lord wants to give it to me, I'll take it. If you want to give it to me, I'll take it. But I don't think I deserve it. I don't think, I, well, I've earned it, you know. I never think that. I always, you know, because except for the grace and mercy of, of the Lord, we all deserve hell, right? I mean, we don't deserve anything. And so uh, we're thankful the Lord's provided this for us, amen. Uh, and so, uh, so a lot of times that, that, that conflict rises up. And, well, I'm not forgiving him, Lord. And then, of course, sometimes we think, well, then the Lord's going to punish me for not forgiving him. No, he's not punishing you. He is constrained by your actions. For his sake, he wants to forgive you. Uh, he wants to, but your actions have, have kept him from doing this. And, and, you know, we love these verses 23 and 24 about faith and speaking to the mountain and, and believing and receiving. And yet Jesus said, Here, here's a hindrance to you living in verses 23 and 24. Well, I spoke to the mountain. It didn't move. Well, check up on your forgiveness. Uh, anything in your life that you haven't forgiven somebody for? You know, let me go just mention a name. And if your response is, well, then, you know, that you probably need to forgive that person, right? I should be able to dredge up somebody's name from high school, right? Oh, yeah, you know, Billy Joe, I just, he's the worst, right? I'm still mad at him, you know? Uh, and so uh, are there any names? If I mention names, if I mention, I, I don't, you know, imagine, uh, well, uh, see, if you don't want that to be a hindrance to the Lord blessing you, then, then grant them a pardon in your life. Well, they don't deserve it. Well, that's, you know, again, uh, except for donuts, you don't deserve anything, right? Uh, and so uh, you can't live in that mentality. You can't live in that mindset that somebody has to earn your forgiveness. And that's the thing about verse 25 that, that is, is almost annoying because he says, when you stand praying, forgive if you have ought against any. There, there's, no, there, there's no requirements on their part of what they are required to do before you grant them forgiveness. He didn't say, forgive if you have anything against anybody as long as they come and repent, as long as they come and tell you they're sorry, as long as they come and tell you that they were wrong. Any requirements for them to do anything? No, that's even worse, right? Because you know they're at fault. You know they started it. I didn't start it. They started it. Well, you still got to forgive them. What if they don't admit they're wrong? Still got to forgive them. What, what, if they, what if they've never apologized? You still got to forgive them. What if they never repent? You still got to forgive them. 
Well, I don't want to. Well, then live the way you want to live. I mean, I don't care. It's nothing to me, but, uh, you know, it's just you're constraining the Lord. You want to constrain the Lord? I mean, what does the Lord have that you have need of? Everything. I mean, is there anything that you don't have that, that you would love to have? I mean, you know, I, I'd love for him to die. Well, he did die. He literally did die and gave us everything. Uh, and then, you know, he came, he came back to life to make sure that he then became the executor of his own will. That's a pretty good deal, right? Uh, and so uh, he, he then became the executor of his own inheritance to make sure you got everything that's coming to you. That's a pretty good deal, amen? Uh, and so uh, just, just think if you're, uh, you know, your rich uncle died or something and, and then he came back to life to make sure that uh, his wishes were, were followed. Uh, and so, uh, so Mark eleven twenty five, 25, that it can be constrained in your faith walk. And, you know, the thing, I, the thing I love about the Lord is he just lives in absolutes. You've got to forgive. No questions asked. No, no, nobody has to earn your forgiveness. Well, if, if they will come and tell me they're sorry, I'll forgive them. Nope. There's no requirement on their part. And it almost seems unfair. It's got nothing to do with fair or not fair. It's just that's the way the Lord operates. Amen. He, did he, didn't he send Jesus? He sent Jesus without anybody, you know, saying, Lord, if you'll send Jesus, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be good. There was no deal with that. He just sent Jesus because he wanted to be a blessing to us. Amen. And did we earn Jesus being sent? No, we didn't earn Jesus being sent, and yet he still sent him. Uh, and so, so uh, uh, in, in all of these things, you know, when it comes to faith in these things, this is, as far as I can tell, this is the only specific sin that Jesus uh, puts together with faith that is a hindrance to your faith. Now, that doesn't mean that any sin could be a hindrance to faith, but he wanted to bring this one out. Why do you think he brought this one out? Because apparently it's a big deal. Apparently it's an issue with a lot of the church that it's a hindrance to their faith that they just will not walk in forgiveness. Uh, and, uh, you know, we know lots of people that just hold things. I mean, some people, they'll hold things against people for decades and just, uh, and, uh, and not even, you know, you look at them and they go, well, they seem like a nice person until you mention somebody's name. They'd be like, <laughs> That, well, you know, I thought you were such a nice person. You got, but you got all this pent-up rage and anger and unforgiveness against somebody. And then you look at their life and they're like, oh, okay. Now things make sense, right? Why is this person never successful? Why is this person always struggling in their life? It's not always unforgiveness, but that's a good place to start, to look at, amen? Uh, because Jesus said this is an issue with, with, the, with the faith of God, amen? Uh, and so uh, let's, let's look at uh, just one more verse here. Uh, and, you know, the thing is, uh, I hear people all the time say, um, I'm struggling with, uh, I say Romans 13, Romans 13. Um, I hear people say all the time, I'm trying to forgive. And the reason why it's hard is because their emotions want to punish that person. They want that, punish, that person to either be punished for their actions or to understand and appreciate the harm they've done to you. And until they... they apologize or at least at least appreciate what they've done to you you're going to withhold your forgiveness and that's that you know you know they're just they're just some mean people in the world and they will never repent there's just some people that just they're going to be jerks all their life gonna be mean all their life and, and there's nothing you can do about it and you can either choose to remain in unforgiveness against them because they're never going to change so now you're stuck till forever amen because they're never going to change now, some people, you know, there's a lot of good people that they make a mistake. They will apologize and repent to you and ask you to forgive them. And, and that's great, you know. That makes it a little easier. It's, a, it's the hardest ones when they just don't want, they, you know, I didn't do nothing wrong. Well, you started it. Uh, and they'll, they'll, they'll justify their actions against you. 
and claim that they have, they're not at fault. When you know they're at fault, they know they're at fault. Everybody in the world knows they're at fault. And yet the Lord Jesus still wants us to forgive them. Uh, and so uh, if, if he tells you to do that, then uh, do you have the capacity to provide that forgiveness for them? Do you have the ability to do it? Is it a valid, a valid biblical statement that says, I can't forgive them? No, it's not valid at all. It's not true at all. It's not even close to true. In fact, it's as far away from true as, as it can possibly be. It's just a flat-out lie. People say, I'm, I'm having a hard time. Is it really? Uh, is it hard to forgive? Not even hard to forgive. I'm working on it. Is that true? I mean, how long does it take to say, Lord, I choose to pardon that person for the actions they've done against me in my life? Like five seconds, right? We're done. Well, you know, I, I didn't mean it. Well, I mean, it's between you and the Lord Jesus, whether you mean it or not. It's not about, you know, it's not about say the words that you forgive somebody, right? It's not, it's not a check mark. Well, I said the words, but I still hope they get run over in the highway, right? You know, well, then, I mean, yeah, you said the words, but you didn't really mean it, right? So, well, who can judge that? Well, that's between you and the Lord Jesus. I'm not your judge. Uh, and so, uh, but uh, anything the Lord tells us to do, especially as a new covenant child of God, with the Spirit of God living on the inside of you, right? If you've accepted the Lord Jesus, you are born again, you have the Spirit of God inside of you, there's nothing in the Word of God that you can't do. So if he says to forgive somebody, easiest thing in the world, just do it. You just, easiest thing in the world. It's not hard, it doesn't take long. If you say, well, I'm working on it, that's not true, you ain't working on it. You just, you're just hoping that either your emotions or their emotions die down enough where you can forgive them. And it's not about your emotions. Your emotions shouldn't run your life. Your feelings shouldn't run your life. Master, the head of the church, the Lord, if, the, if the master, the head of the church, the Lord Jesus, commands us to forgive one another, then our response would be, yes, sir, I'll be glad to do that. And, uh, and, and so what you need to do then is train your own emotions to say, shut up. If the master said for me to forgive that person, then I choose to forgive them. I choose to pardon them. And, and if my emotions don't line up, then I will, I will tell my emotions to be quiet. Uh, usually I'll just tell them, shut up. Uh, and and I, would, I would demand that they, they yield to my spirit. Uh, because your emotions are what's your hindrance, right? Your, your thought life. Uh, well, you know, you don't know what they did to me. And, and it was such a big thing. And, you know, I, I thought they were my friend. And, and you know, on, 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 you know, it doesn't matter. The infraction that they committed does not matter. There's no limit in Mark eleven twenty five of, well, if, unless it's a big thing. Well, then, you know, it, you know then, then it's fair game to go ahead and stay in unforgiveness against him. Did Jesus put a limit on that? You know, in fact, remember Peter said, uh, Lord, how often should I forgive my brother? Seven times, you know, seven times. Uh, and what did Jesus say? No, 70 times seven. And how many people go, okay, great. That's 490, I'm counting. One, two, 489. One more time, just one more time, and I get to be an unforgiveness to you. One more time. Well, if you forgave them, they're at zero. Amen? It's not, you know, if you forgive them, you're not still counting. Amen? It's not like, one, two, three, I forgave you, and then four, oh, you're back at four now. No, if you seem to forgive, they're back at zero, right? Because if, if you forgive them, you've pardoned them, and as far as you're concerned, they've done nothing to you. And so you should never give you up to seven, but Jesus, you know, he's trying to help them out there. And of course, the legalistic people are like, okay, great, I keep a list. Uh, there's 490 that I'm keeping a list. Uh, and how many people have lists, right? Oh, you, back, you know, in September of 2010, they did this to me. And, in, you know, October of 2015, they did this to me. And, and then, you know, January of 2020, they did this to me. And why are you keeping a list? If you forgave them, you don't have a list. You know, the, 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 the longest list you should ever have is one. And then you forgive them, and they're back at zero. 
If you get a list of two, you're in sin. If you're at two, you're in big trouble. Amen? At most, you should ever be one. And then you deal with it, and then you move on. They're back at zero. As far as you're concerned, they're back at zero. Uh, and so, uh, and, and if we can get the mentality that, Lord, if you told me to do it, I have the ability to do it. Because your mind and your emotions will tell you, you can't do it. There's no way you can forgive them. Sure, I can. I'll just forgive them. I choose to pardon them. Well, what if it's a big thing? It doesn't matter how big it is. How big is God in you? Is he not the creator of the universe? Did he not send his very own son to shed blood on your behalf? That's a pretty big deal. If that's that big of a deal, then surely you have the capacity with his spirit, by his grace, and, and the commandment of the word of God to do it. And anything less is just, uh, it's, it's you trying to justify your own sin. Well, I, I just can't forgive him, Lord. And the Lord's like, I'm sorry, you're right. I asked too much of you. You, you get a buy. For you, you, can, you can stay in unforgiveness, it's okay. Because they're such a, a sorry person. That's never going to happen. Amen? Because the response of him is going to be, do you need more spirit? I mean, remember, remember uh, in Luke 17, uh, Jesus was saying, you've got to forgive each other. And, and, and of course, the disciples, uh, in fact, let's, before we get to Romans 13, let's turn over to Luke 17, because it's just a, because this is us, right? I'm so thankful the Lord wrote these things to us because when I read these things, it's like, oh yeah, that's me right there, right? Uh, and so he said, here in Luke 17, he said, it's impossible, he and I said this to his disciples, he said, it's impossible, but that offenses will come. But woe unto him through whom they come. So can you live in a life where, where nobody ever tries to offend you? No, Jesus said, it's impossible, they're going to come. They're going to come. Well, you need, so you need to be prepared for it. Amen? Prepare your heart that these are going to come. Do you want them to come? Anybody's looking for it? I can't wait for somebody to offend me. Yeah, no, that would be weird, right? And yet Christians, oh, yeah, it's just my life affair. People just mean to me all the time. Uh, that would be weird. Amen? Uh, but he does, he does warn uh, people about the ones who bring in this offense into your life. Woe. Under the, you know, anytime Jesus says woe, you should take a, uh, a pause to make sure you're not on that side of the equation. Woe unto those through whom they come. But, uh, and then he says in verse 2, it would be better for him that a millstone were hanged around his neck and he'd be cast into sea than he should offend one of these little ones. Well, we're the little ones of the Lord, right? This is, he's talking about us. Now, this is, all, this is the last thing he says about the person bringing the offense. Everything else is, is on the person who was being offended. Now, and he says, take heed to yourself if your brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. So, or confront him, you know, it doesn't mean that you have to fuss at him, but you can confront him, nothing wrong with that. He said, if you repent, forgive him. Now, if he doesn't repent, you still got to forgive him, right? It's not a, oh, he says only if, you, only if he repents. No, he didn't say only if he repents, forgive him. But, it, but, you know, in a normal action, if you go, in a normal situation, if you go to somebody and say, hey, what you did was offensive, hopefully the response of that person would be, yeah, yeah, you're right, I, I, I repent, I ask you to forgive me. Hopefully that's the, re that's the response, amen? Now, sometimes it's not. What if it's not? You still got to forgive him. You know, I, I told you about the, kind, the time when uh, there's somebody who, uh, you know, pastor, sometimes you got to deal with things, and somebody was doing some things at the church, and that weren't right. And the Lord said, you go talk to him. Okay, I'll go talk to him. So I got in my car, I'm driving, you know, said, hey, can I come by your house? Yeah, no problem. <clears throat> and uh, on the way, the Lord asked me a question. He said, what kind of a man is he? That's a really odd question. Because, see, I'm thinking that this is the man he should be, right? If you confront, your, if you confront him, then uh, if he repents, then forgive him. 
So I'm thinking, okay, the kind of man he should be is I'm going to go confront him, tell him what he was wrong, out of the will of God, against the, the authority of the Lord Jesus, uh, and, and here's, here's why. And I, I would expect or hope that his response would be, then I repent. See, that's what the Lord's asking. Is he this kind of man? Is he the kind of man here of Luke 17? That I'm going to go confront him, and is, is he going to repent? But the Lord's asking me what kind of a man he is. And, and, and so I said, I mean, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I mean, sometimes it is what it is, right? Sometimes you don't know, right? And I said, well, Lord, I hope, I hope this is the kind of man he is. Because it's 50-50. Now, some people I can go to, and I, 100% of the time, I, I know, you know, I'd tell you exactly what kind of, you know, person like this is like, Lord, I don't know. And, and I was being generous, right? Because I kind of knew, but, you know, I was hoping. You know, you kind of hope that people are, will do right, amen? They don't always do right, but, you know, you kind of hope that they will, amen? You know, especially if you can, if the pastor confronts them and says, hey, what you did was wrong, and then here's 27 verses why, you would think that they'd be, oh, yeah, okay, you're right. It didn't turn out that way, but anyway, it's another discussion, right? They, I'm, you know, they, they, they get on their high horse after that, but that's another discussion. You forgive them. And so, so, he, so Jesus said, you've got you to forgive them. Now, so, so what is the apostles? The apostles, right? So the 12 apostles, the great apostles of the Lamb, said, Lord, increase our faith. There's no way we can do this without, with the faith we've got. We need more faith. I can't do this. I need more faith. And see, this is what people wait on time. I, I would do it if I had more faith. I would forgive them, Lord, if I just had more faith. I, I, just, I want to, Lord, but I just can't. I, I need more faith. You sound just like the apostles, right? You know, one of the apostles' name was Judas, right? You remember that? So you don't want to be in the same boat as Judas, but hey, this is, what, this is the boat that we're in, right? And so Jesus said, you're right. You're right. I'll, let me give you more faith, and that'll help you out. Is that what he said? No, it's never what he says, right? He, you know, anytime we say, Lord, I can't do it, he, he's never like, oh, yeah, you're right. He's never, he's never that way. He's like, well, you need to straighten up. And it's right here, he says, if you had the faith of a grain of mustard seed, you might say in the sycamine tree, be thou plucked up by the root and be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. Uh, and so he's saying, look, if you had any faith at all, even a blip, you know, just, just the smallest pulse of, of faith, he said that'd be enough. And so what were they doing? They were telling off on themselves, Lord, we don't really have any faith. So if you got no faith, well, then, okay, that, that's a problem. But he's not going to give you more faith because he said faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Go back to the word. Amen. You have a hard time forgiving somebody, go back to the word. And look at how much Jesus loves you. Build up your own faith. Amen. If you're really struggling with it, but it really shouldn't be a struggle because if, if you'll get the understanding of how these things operate, it's the easiest thing in the world to forgive. Now your flesh will fight you. Your emotions will fight you. Your thought life will fight you. But your heart has to be like, oh, Lord, I'm doing it. Uh, and, and then, uh, you know, and I've told you, my, my plan of attack always is, uh, first thing I do when somebody does something to me, Lord, I ask you to forgive them. And then I say, Lord, I'm, I'm asking you that you would not hold anything to their account that they've done to me. That as far as you're concerned, that they've done nothing to me. Because a lot of times people are like, Lord, I'll forgive them, but I want you to get them. Well, that's not really forgiveness. That's, you know, looking for a loophole. That's not really pardoning them. That's like, you know, pardoning them and you put a bear trap when they walk outside the prison door and, and well, it wasn't my fault. They fell in a bear trap. You know, it's just, it's, you know, I, for, I forgave them though. I mean, I'm, I'm all right, but Lord, you know, the Lord got them. That's not really the attitude he wants you to have. He wants you to pardon them. You pardon them. And so Lord, I always go, Lord, Lord, I'm asking you to take away whatever they've done against me against off their account so that there's nothing. So, so when they get to heaven, it, the Lord's like, yeah, you know what you did to him? 
because we kind of we kinda, we we'd be okay with that, right? If the Lord get it, well, Lord got him. You know, I mean, I'm not the Lord, so if He wanted to get him, that's okay. I forgave him, Lord. So you're you you're big in the Lord? No, you're not big in the Lord. And so I would say, Lord, I, I ask you to forgive them and to uh, uh, I forgive them, I pardon them. And as far as I'm concerned, they've never done anything to me. Now I'm asking you, Lord, to also pardon them on my behalf, uh, for my sake, right? Uh, that uh, uh, that you would not hold anything to their account that they've done to me. And then just to, just to double up against my own flesh and my own mind and my own emotions, I would say, now, Lord, I'm asking you to bless them, increase them. Everything they lay their hands to, Father, prosper them. Prosper them going in, prosper them going out, protect them, send your angels on their behalf, make sure their business is prospered, make sure their checking accounts prospered. I'm asking for your healing for their bodies, soundness of mind for their, for, for, for their thought life, Father, that, that, uh, that they're uh, fulfilled in their family, that everything is good. And if the thought ever comes up against the, about them again, against them, to have an evil thought against them, I'll double up again. Lord, I'm asking you to bless everything they lay their hands to. Uh, again, Father, uh, bless them, increase them, send good things into their life. Give them a promotion, Father. Give them a raise. I'm asking you to bless them today. Double up what they did yesterday. And see, your, your emotions and your thought life uh, and, and the enemy of mankind who's of, oftentimes uh, raid against you to hold unforgiveness against somebody, the last thing he wants you to do is to pray for somebody for their blessings. And so I just double up until, until I don't even think about them anymore. And not that I'm trying to forget them, but, it, but you know, if they're not part of my life, I'm not going to be thinking about it. But I'm going to get to a point where it's, it's so not real to me, where there's no raw nerves every time I think about them. And, and I can do that. You can do that. It depends how much you want to do it, how much you want to live by, by faith. Amen? Uh, don't you want to live by faith? See, I want to live at 100%. If the Lord says, hey, your unforgiveness is a hindrance to me, I don't want a hindrance to the Lord against me. Now, now he will deal with those people as necessary, right? I mean, he'll do it. And, and, and I always say, Lord, you deal with it. A lot of times I say, Lord, you deal with it however you want to. But I'm asking for mercy on their behalf. Amen? Because really, you're extending your asking for mercy. But he'll do that if you ask him to do it. And so I'm always asking for mercy. Lord, I am asking for mercy. They don't deserve it. That's what the whole point of mercy. Amen? Nobody earns mercy. Mercy is a gift from heaven. Amen? And so, so don't, don't uh, play a game, but Lord, I need more faith. Because that's what the disciples, these are the apostles who live with Jesus every day. Well, then you're going to have to increase it. Before I, before I forgive somebody, you're going to have to increase my faith. And Jesus said, nope, I'm not doing it. Uh, and so who, who's, who's who you going to follow? You're going to follow Peter and Judas and these guys here in, in Luke 17, or are you going to follow the, the plan of the master, the head of the church, the, one, the one, very one who died for you? You're going to follow his plan. I think it's better to follow his plan. Amen? Instead of trying to find some loophole, oh, Lord, if I just had more faith. Yeah, that's what they said. How, do, how well did it work out for them? See, I'd rather learn from somebody else's mistakes and, and never say, Lord, you're going to have to increase my faith. Because he's not going to rebuke me like that. He's just going to say, just turn to Luke 17. And that's the last I want to hear about it. He won't even rebuke me like he did to them because he's already spoken. Amen. Uh, and so can we do it? Well, sure you can do it. You, you, you've got to say with your own heart on a regular, Lord, I can do it. I have the capacity and the ability to forgive anybody uh, who's ever done anything in my life. If, they're, if, they were, if the 100% of them are wrong and I was always right 100% of the time, I'm still going to forgive them. Amen. Uh, and, and sometimes, you know, you're the one who's wrong. Sometimes you start some things, but you can still forgive them, uh, and, uh, and it'll be okay, amen? Uh, because we want to live in the fullness of God. 
I want to live that way. I want to live where, where there's no limit to what God can provide to me in my life, where, where he's not constrained. He's not saying, Lord, he's not saying, if you would forgive, he said, that would help me. For my sake, I can then forgive you your trespasses and I can then send more blessings into your life. I want to do that, but I'm constrained because of your actions. I don't want the Lord ever to be constrained in blessing my life. Amen. I want the Lord to be free to do whatever he wants to in my life and give me whatever he wants to in my life. And I'm going to live that way. I choose to live that way. It's a great way to live. Amen. And so let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you that we can do everything that your word instructs us to do. There's nothing, Father, that we can't do. If you instructed us to forgive, Father, then we have the capacity to forgive immediately. Not in a day, in a week, or a month, or a year, Father. We can do it the moment that it's, it's necessary. And Father, we can do it because we have faith. We choose to believe you. We believe that your word lives in us. We believe that your spirit lives in us. Father, we believe that we are born again, uh, children of the Most High God. We have the capacity to do it. And so, Lord, we will do it. And we thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. We're going we gonna to get there? We get there, you know. Unforgiveness is apparently a big deal in a church because uh, Jesus mentions a lot about it. Amen. He, he talks a lot about unforgiveness. So apparently it's a big problem in the church. Amen. Uh, and uh, it ought not be. He, didn't he forgive you? Then it ought to be pretty easy to forgive others. Amen. Well, let's get ready to receive this morning's uh, tithes and offerings. And so don't, don't forget, uh, we've got a busy May uh, starting uh, next weekend. Uh, and um, uh, graduation next Saturday. Uh, guest minister next Sunday. Uh, Strawberry Festival two weeks from yesterday. Uh, Mother's Day uh, meal two weeks from today. Um, and so come ahead, Mr. Jared, receive the offering. And um, eventually it will get warm out there, right? So I'm hoping that it's just, it's just holding out until uh, May the 13th and then give us a real scorcher that day, right? Uh, and so uh, and we, we give a lot of waters away to all the band members, right? They got all those heavy instruments and, and marching all the time there. So, um, uh, and so if you need any details, I think a lot of them are probably on the slides there, but if you need any details about when and where we're going to do things, just let us know. We'll make sure that uh, we get that information out to everybody. Um, but we'll be here on that Saturday morning on the 13th at 9.30 to start uh, getting everything set up uh, for that day. Amen. All right, but don't forget we have healing school today at 3 o'clock. Uh, be blessed. Have a wonderful day, and you're dismissed.